once he now shoots the arrow, he then says, I want you to take the rest of the arrows and I want you to strike the ground. Watch this. The prophet now puts his hands on the king's hands and then he says, now take the rest and celebrate. You have declared victory. Now I want you to take the rest of the arrows and celebrate. Can I help you tonight? I need you to understand the importance of shooting your shot because you've got to realize and recognize that this is your moment. <laughs> this is your moment. He is now the king, but he is not living a life that's pleasing to God yet and still. Uh, the prophet now takes time with him yet and still. The prophet now gives him one on one attention yet and still the prophet now puts his dying on poles that he would be able to leave an impact in this man in the earth you've got to understand this morning that there are no coincidences with God tonight as you're walking as you're watching us can I remind you that where you are is no coincidence that God just didn't allow what he allowed to happen but he allowed it to happen to frame your life uh, that he allowed it to happen to shape your destiny and since you understand that uh, you've got to take full advantage of where you are is there anybody like me that's going to take advantage of the advantage I understand I may have not had what some other folk had but I'm learning how to put one and one together and make two I understand that my address may not be as nice as your address but I'm I'm also understanding that every house has a bathroom and I don't care how many bathrooms you got in yours you still can't use but one at the same time is there anybody that knows that God has created you with a destiny and a plan y'all not talking to me that's why the Bible says we are his workmanship and we're created in Christ Jesus to do good works and regardless of what the enemy is trying to say this this is your moment. Can I remind you that's why the enemy is messing with you like the enemy is? Because what the enemy aims to do, the enemy aims to attack your attitude. Because the enemy understands that your attitude dictates your approach to life. And if the enemy can mess with your attitude and have you living in a way that is not serious, to have you living in a way that lacks expectation, then you will miss out on opportunities that you will miss out on moments that are tailor-made for you. Is there anybody listening tonight who understands you can't miss your moment? You've got too much relying on where you are right now. You've been through too much pain. You had to cry too many nights. You had to sacrifice too much to get where you are and miss your moment. You've got to understand. You've got to make sure your attitude is developed by the word of God uh, that the word of God becomes a lamp into your feet uh, and then a light into your path uh, you got to live in a way where you are led and guided uh, by what the word of God says uh, you got to shoot your shot my friends uh, not only because this is your moment uh, but you got to shoot your shot uh, because the arrow is in your hand uh, y'all read the text uh, the Bible says uh, that the prophet gets angry that the prophet now gets irritated uh, that he has stopped dying 
lying and all the king has done was did just enough to say I did it I know y'all can't talk tonight but is there anybody guilty besides me of doing just to say you did is there anybody guilty besides me that just showed up because you thought you had to show up because you felt that if you didn't come that wouldn't nobody else come but can I remind you tonight I'm glad that you tapped in let the last time be the last time that you showed up just because I need you to be delivered tonight from woulda coulda shoulda I need you to operate in your divine destiny to understand that if God before us he's more than the whole wide world up against us the Bible says that here is the king he's already shot the arrow he's already pulled back on the bow and now the prophet said if you really believe it you need to go ahead and celebrate and the king does just enough and as he does just enough the prophet says wait a minute I stopped all I was doing for you to do just that but I need to tell somebody though you feel like your motivation is lack that you're too close to quit I feel like preaching a moment I feel like lifting them up I said tonight you're too close to quit whatever is plaguing you down I need you to get up and start over again whatever is wrecking your mind I need you to clear your mind because God has work for you to do I know the enemy is saying you'll never make it I know the enemy is saying you'll never amount to anything but I come to tell somebody that the devil is a liar let every man be a liar and let the word of God let the word of God be true I feel like preaching a moment I feel like lifting them up you got to understand that in this season there's some moments that has your name on it and as it has your name on it you got to understand that you got to take it every day that the Lord gives you you got to take it every day that every opportunity that comes your way you can't have show up you got to show up as your best self because today might be your day this moment might be your moment this time might be your time I feel like preaching I need to remind somebody there's an arrow still in your hand what you gonna do I need you to take it tonight I need you to strike the ground I haven't seen it yet but I'm striking the ground it hasn't happened yet but I'm striking the ground I ain't well yet but I'm striking the ground I ain't got the job yet but I'm striking the ground I'm not healed yet but I'm striking the ground and every time I strike the ground I'm looking to see until I turn into what he says there's a promise over my life and I got to get what's coming to me is there anybody here is there anybody here that can celebrate 
short. What I love about God, he'll pick us up. He'll straighten us out. Is there anybody here that can thank God for Jesus? Who in the midst of your well enough? Who in the midst of your going through the motions? He picked you up. He turned you around. He gave you life. Life abundantly. Now, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, if God be for us, he's more, more, more than the whole wide world up against us. What you waiting on? This is your moment. What you waiting on? It's your time. Your moment. Your time. I didn't mean to scream. This is your moment. This is your time. The arrow is in your hand. Ask yourself the question. What you gonna do? Because sometimes we don't really want it. We just think we do. Because when we really want it, we won't just do it when we got audiences. <laughs> we just won't do it when people are celebrating you. But you'll do it because doing it is in you. Clap your hands in the joy of the Lord. Would you clap your hands? Tell somebody just do it.
God is saying, there is more that I require of you. He's calling you higher. There is more that I require from thee. He's calling you higher. There is more than I require of you. He's calling you higher. There is Don't be afraid, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. There is more than I require of you. He's calling you out of your dry places. He's calling you out of your dry places. Peace and grace be unto you from God our Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. Would you share with me for just a moment in your, in your place of worship, just give God a hand praise right there where you are to let him know that you love him, that you honor him on a Tuesday night. Let him know that there's a praise within the inside of you after hearing the word and experiencing his presence and power. Let God know you love him tonight. Let him hear you. Open up your voices. Open up your mouth and let him hear you. Let him know that you're thankful, that you're grateful. Thank him right now for all things. He is our God and he is greatly to be praised. Oh, I just feel, I, I just feel some kind of way tonight because I know I got a sneaky suspicion that the Lord is in the blessing business right now. You ought to just come on and give him glory. You ought to just come on and give him thank you. You ought to just come on and tell him something tonight because he's powerful, he's wonderful, he's awesome, and he's worthy of all praise. Ah, God. Come on, let's pray together. God, thank you tonight. 
You've been wonderful. You've been awesome. We thank you for life, health, and strength. Thank you for the presence of power and your preeminence among us. God, we sure do thank you. You've been better to us than we've been to ourselves. God, we sure are blessed by you. If it had not been for you, where would we be? Thank you, God, for this moment in worship and in fellowship. Thank you for these avenues of technology of where we can reach and touch and connect one with the other. I heard the old church deacon say, where two or three are gathered in his name, there am I also in the midst. So we gather saying, Lord, we thank you tonight. Thank you for life, health, and strength. Thank you for this morning's rising and this evening's blessing. We're thankful that our beds this morning weren't our cooling board and our sheets weren't a winding chain. But some kind of way you caused our golden moments to roll on a little while longer. And God, a few of us gather tonight to say thank you. We pray now, God, that you'd have your way as you've done so well and so powerfully tonight. Pray now, God, that you do your thing. We'd be so careful to give your name glory and honor. Lord, now allow me to decrease that you would increase in this place. Show forth your will, way, and word. Come now, God, and come against the enemy and hinder him one more time so that we would hear your clarion clear. And then, God, by himself, sometimes we get in the way of our own blessings. Now, Lord, we pray now, God, that you do your wondrous ways of being clarion clear. Allow us to hear you, receive your word, and go from this place to do your will. Now, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be accepted in thy sight. O Lord, our strength and our redeemer, in the strong, precious, and powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Come on, let's say amen. Peace and grace be unto you from God our Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. We are pleasantly pleased and happier than a hog in new slop. Uh, alligator in a new swamp to be amongst you tonight and to hear this young man, Pastor Cameron Hankins, give us the word. We thank God for him. We give honor to God tonight because he's worthy of all the praise. Let me try that one more time. Maybe I'm in here by myself. And we give honor to God because I just believe he's worthy of all the praise. And he is wondrous. We thank God again for this opportunity to share uh, the word of God in a wonderful way. We give honor to our illustrious leader and president of our state convention, Dr. Leonzo Lynch, pastor and president, pastor of the Ebenezer Church here in the wonderful city of Charlotte, North Carolina. To Dr. Tony Barr, my dear friend, our, uh, our EST, our very efficient and, and might I say efficacious man of God who is leading us into new, uh, new places. To all of the official staff of our uh, state convention, uh, especially tonight, especially to this newly elected moderator of the United Missionary Baptist Association, Dr. Betty Irwin, my moderator. To our illustrious and powerful virtual host this week uh, in the form of that dynamo of a preacher, Dr. Robert Charles Scott. Thank you so very much, sir. Thank you, St. Paul Church, for blessing us. I bring you greetings from the great church right uh, not too far from here on Oaklawn Avenue where the Lord blesses and where uh, Dr. Irwin has called Holy Ground, the first Mayfield Memorial Baptist Church. Your pastor loves you tonight and we thank God for you so well and so much. We thank God for them and thank God for the blessing of the Lord. 
I want to thank tonight one of my sons in ministry, Bishop Quantus White, for uh, helping us with our music tonight. God bless you, son. And thank Rob, our drummer. Thank you so very much. And then always, I want to thank my Uncle Mac, uh, Dr. Robert E. Lee McGowan. I call him my uncle. Thank you, First Vice Moderator, for introducing us tonight. And I give honor, God's praise to you. Now, to all of our friends, both in where it, way down in the city called Rockingham, of where I come from, and I'm Rockingham number two, but Rockingham number one is here, Pastor J. Vincent Terry, thank God for him. I thank God for all of our families who are part, our, our, our collective family all across these airways, and we want to thank you so very much. Last but not least, I want to wish uh, my wife and a little boy that needs to be getting in the bed right about now, uh, my wife Kronsky, God bless you, sweetheart, God bless you for watching and keeping something going in the chat, and to my son DK, you know it's time for you to go to bed. I want to share tonight for a few moments that um, this work is going to be hard. And so, uh, Dr. Thomas, I want to thank you for the invitation to come and to be a part of this, our late night chair. Uh, but I want to apologize already because I'm just going to read the scripture. I'm going to leave because those two fellows who came before us were freight train missile, MX missile, and a nuclear bomb. And I'm thankful that you even thought about my little old name. And so I'm going to read scripture, uh, bid you farewell, give the benediction, actually open the doors of the church, bid you farewell, do a benediction, and I'm rolling out to the left. Get to my car and go home. I'm thankful, thankful that you've asked me to just to come by here just to say hey to everybody in this community. Thank you so very much. I, I can go now. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Well, if, if that's the case, let me read this word. If you have your Bibles tonight, I would that you turn with me to the book uh, of Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 37, Ezekiel chapter 37, Ezekiel chapter 37. And if you will, uh, let's read a few verses in the King James translation, Ezekiel chapter 37, Ezekiel chapter 37. If you have your Bibles and we're praying that you do. Would that you turn with us there, and I'll be reading in your hearing from the King James Translation. It reads this way. Uh, the hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley which was full of dry bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again, he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and ye shall live. And I will lay sin you upon you and will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and ye shall live. And ye shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and, I, and as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking, and the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then he said unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and, the, and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from, uh, from the four winds, O breath. Breathe upon these slain and that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came into them and they lived and stood up upon their feet an exceeding great army. 
Thus ends the reading of his red word. Uh, God bless uh, his reading, and we thank God uh, for the word of God. I would uh, that you would share with me just for a few moments. Uh, I want to, if I had time, I'd tag this text uh, just for a second or two. I would like to, I would call it a resurrection from a bad place. A resurrection from a bad place. A resurrection from a, bla a bad place. If you would, if you're home or somewhere, or put it in the, in, in the inbox or put it in the chat there, you can uh, return to someone and repeat after me. Now, neighbor, uh, the preacher's getting ready to preach. A resurrection from a bad place. A resurrection from a bad place. You know, Dr. Scott, these are some dark and dismal days in which we now live. These days, Dr. Barr, have spread a blanket of hopelessness throughout the length and the breadth of this land. It may be, it may be, Dr. Irwin, that, that, that there has not been another period in this long stretch of history when, uh, when the outlook of the world is so bleak. The spirit of apathy has so saturated the souls of those who occupy uh, this place that the rising of the sun, which announces uh, the dawn of a new day each day, does not speak to some as it does to others about a golden opportunity, Pastor Hankins, but rather it speaks to them of another dreadful cycle of misery and despair. The, 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 the evil of these days has just about torn apart the will and the vim and vigor of life. In, 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 in few other periods, there has not been uh, so much polarization, alienation, and fragmentation as exists among us at this present tick of the watch of time. And the division that we see on a global scale is only a larger picture of the division that prevails in smaller pockets of society. From top to bottom, from bottom to top, from side to side, there are deep divisions and fractions in every aspect of life. Humanly speaking, uh, it can't be done. Turn the world upside down. We, we, we must, we must, we must, we must have a faith in God that uh, he can do the impossible. And on, on his resume is a list of examples. He called the cosmos out of chaos. He extracted light from the bosom of darkness. He took mud and made a man. And the, in the realm of the impossible, uh, this is the Lord's playground. And when you deal with God and parade under the banner of his blessed name, you're dealing with somebody who has no need to move uh, uh, until he gets you in an impossible situation. With God, by God, for God, the church has the power to resurrect and to pull things even out of bad places. Centuries ago, centuries ago, uh, Vincent, uh, the, 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 the prophet Ezekiel found himself facing the impossible task of reviving the hopes and dreams of a lifeless people. 
They were, they were, I'm still at the text, they were uh, in captivity in a Babylonian ghetto. Cut off from their blessed homeland with no prospect that they would ever uh, be an independent, thriving, and promising people again. Streets lined with abandoned buildings. Garbage everywhere. The, the, The odds were overwhelmingly against them. The evil Babylonian empire had smothered uh, within them the very spark of life. Socially, spiritually, and otherwise, they were at the lowest point Israel had ever experienced in their long, illustrious, powerful history. They were in a bad place. In a bad place. Where you hate to see the shadow of night fall because brothers kill brothers and sisters kill sisters. In a bad place where a sister feels so unloved by uh, the world that she has to have a baby in order to find somebody to love her. In a bad place where little brother runs dope so he can be considered a boss. A bad place where governments act like you are their peons and not their constituents, a bad place. But Ezekiel says that one day, one day, he walked out on the pothole streets of the city and he was apprehended. He was arrested. He was taken into custody by divine influence. Suddenly from out of nowhere, like a boat out of the blue, a cosmic formation appeared in the hemisphere. And the best explanation uh, he could have is that, and he could give was that what happened to him, McGowan's, was that the hand of the Lord was upon him. And at some point, my brothers and sisters, uh, all of us need to feel the intense pressure, uh, the disturbing presence of the heavy hand of the Lord. It is, it is, it is, Dr. Scott, an omnipotent hand. It is, it is an omniscient hand. It is, it is, it is an omnipresent hand. It is a controlling force. It is the hand which inspires the weary soul. It is the hand which uplifts the sagging soul out of sorrow. It is the hand that assures us that the dead can live. The hand, the hand, the hand, the, the hand of the Lord was upon me, carried me out in the spirit of the Lord, set me down in the midst of a valley. We, we see here, we see here one of the principles of how the spirit operates. Uh, the spirit first lifts you up and then it sets you down. Y'all really going to make this hard for me tonight. Okay, let me try to this, this again. It, it, it lifts you up. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. It lifts you up in the ratified atmosphere of the Godhead in order to fill you up with power before he sets you down where he wants you to work. He lifts you up. He fills you up. But he sets you down so you can get to work. Uh, the ultimate aim of the spirit is not to make you buck and holler and run and shout, but to make you useful wherever you are. Shouting and serving go together. Oh, I, 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 oh Scott, I, 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 Dr. Scott, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to mess up at St. Paul. I'm sorry. I may not be back no more. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But you got to understand shouting and serving go together. He set me down, set me down. In the midst of a valley. This was, this was, this was a a bad situation. 
it was, it was a low place. Quantus, it was a dirty place. It was, it was a despondent place. It was a barren place. It was a bad place. And Ezekiel's testimony as the, is that this valley was full of dry bones. Still it takes very many were their quantity and very dry. This was their lifeless condition. He didn't see a whole person nowhere. Junkie here, prostitute there, homeless guy there, lost child over here, broken humanity all over, battered women here, battered man there, wino there, confused church member over there, a devilish deacon there, a tricky trustee there, a pimping preacher over there. Very many and very dry. Void of hope and no way of getting any help. As Ezekiel studies the situation of the dismal scene before him, a question was leaning on the post in the distant point of eternity. And as Ezekiel studied the scene, that question took off running and hurried and scurried and rushed its way into his consciousness. And he heard through his ears somebody say, son of man, can these bones live? As individuals within pulled first in one direction, then in another direction, our family life is broken up. Our job situations are tensed up. Our communities are sadly torn up. And as remorseful as it even seems to even mention tonight, our churches are splitting up. It seems that there's no place on this green earth which experiences a sense of peace, togetherness, and wholeness. Brokenness of our world is literally everywhere. For the times are out of joint. Tragic result of all of this is that it's just about made living an unbearable experience. For many people, for many people, life is a series of dismal days. Everything they do is geared towards survival from one minute to the next. They cannot afford the luxury of thinking about tomorrow in a hopeful way for their chief concern is always and must be always making it in today. When they try to, and when you get right down to the heart of the matter, we cannot help but feel we're, uh, we're dealing with an impossible situation. Seminars and conferences and workshops are constantly being conducted to zero in on some need and to teach people how to turn uh, or to get themselves together. Dr. Scott, experts spread out ivory tower uh, theories about how to straighten out your crooked mess. Books roll off the presses expounding step-by-step -step solutions how to put your broken humpty dumpty self back together again. We have more information about any subject than we've ever had before. Light of hope is dimmer. Spirit of love is waning. The feeling of brotherhood is vanishing. The mood and mindset to be cooperative and neighborly have all but disappeared. There is a deepening darkness of demonic despair gradually blanketing our earth. And worse, in some pockets, and areas than others all around us all around us from Chinkapin through Whiteville down in Elizabethtown over in Green Evers even down through Fayetteville even in Asheville and Raleigh and right up here in Charlotte it's worse 
in some places than others. All around the scores of people where, where so, uh, whose souls have withered up and dried up trying to figure out what, what are we going to do. They're existing without hope. And as they review and review and preview that desperate situation, there's nothing that inspires the possibility that things are ever going to get better. At some point, something has to be done. To rescue our world from the ditch of destruction. Sparks got to be ignited that, that pushes us, uh, Dr. Scott, toward going to the poles and trying to get together on this thing. To continue to exist in this state, in this state of division will only mean that we'll drift further and further apart. Getting together seems to be such an impossible task. But you know... My brothers and sisters, uh, until the church crosses over into the sphere of the impossible, it's really not even the church. Dr. Thomas, as long as the church creeps along uh, doing those things it can always do, it's not the church. Because the church is called into, to do, uh, it called into existence to do what bones do that are alive. I mean, really, I'm trying to get there. Uh, can a church that's all been all broken up by cliques and fractions ever come together and be the powerful spiritual force it ought to be in the lives of the people it affects? Can these bones live? Can people who believe that they have no potential ever of becoming what God really wants them to be? Son of man? Can these bones live? Can a people who have been given up, who have given up on life ever find strength and hope to make a fresh start? Son of man, can these bones live? Can hypocrites become holy? Can crooked be made straight? Can dry bones become live bones? Son of man, can these bones live? Well, well, before I got to church tonight, I, I, I called a couple people. Uh, uh, I called, I called, and so let, let's call in. Let me, let me read to you and tell you what these experts have said. So sociologists, you're a son of man. You're studying the bones. You're collecting data on these dry bones, and you know all of their socioeconomic conditions that make them dry. Can these bones live? Medical doctor, you observing the health of these bones and have assessed uh, that these bones are dried out by high blood pressure, uh, diabetes, heart disease, AIDS. You write the prescriptions and the medicines and they haven't worked. Tell us, doctor, can these bones live? Counselor, you're listening to these bones. You know there are emotional problems that cause these bones to rock, rattle, and reel uh, with nervousness and fear. Give us your expert opinion. Can these bones live? Ezekiel must have been stunned by this question and his first honest impulse must have been to shake his head and say, no, I, I, they can't, Lord. But he gave the only wise response well now, 
Let me stop here just a second and just tell you something real quick. Just because we can't see any possibility and potential in a people or a situation does not mean that God can't. We may shortchange ourselves. We may not see any hope or any way out, but let's not shortchange God. Like Ezekiel, we've got to put the question back to God and let God answer his own question. We got to be honest with ourselves and admit that we don't see how, we don't know when, we don't know what, what's going to do, but we are trusting enough to believe that God can see how. So, so, so Ezekiel replied, Lord, thou knowest. Now, uh, I don't know about some of you all online, but God likes nothing better than to be put to the test in an, in, in an impossible situation. And so he gave Ezekiel a prescription to bring about a resurrection from a bad place. Well, the first thing, the first thing that Ezekiel had to do was to give these bones what they had neglected. God told Ezekiel to prophesy upon these bones. And the implication is that the word, uh, the word was the cause of their lifeless condition. Yeah, yeah, the lack of the word, the neglect of the word was the cause of their condition. And the reality of death and, and despair is so pervasive uh, pre among us uh, because we have neglected God's word. Uh, yeah, yeah, we're trying to be everything but holy. Our sons and our daughters are growing up reading and doing everything but the Bible. That is, if they can read. They know everything but the word. They know how Hollywood gossip, but not the eternal gospel of the word of God. We can try to blame it on CMS. We can try to blame it on government. We can try to blame it on someone else. But the blame lies with us. God blessed us a little bit and we stopped praying. We destroy, we are destroying ourselves because we turned our back on God and neglected his word. Now, and, and, and now, now you don't know how to live. God said to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, these bones need some preaching. Ezekiel said, Lord God, I've been preaching and preaching won't change these bones. God said, uh, uh, son of man, prophesy upon these bones. And the prophet lifted up his voice and said, oh, oh, dry bones, hear ye the word of the Lord. Now, friends, friends, we need to hear the word of the Lord. We can't keep running around here uh, living any kind of way and doing any kind of thing we please. We need to hear the word of the Lord. Not only, not only, not only did Ezekiel tell them to hear the word of the Lord, that was the attention getter of the message, but God gave him a two-point message that they needed to hear. God said, I will give you life and I will give you the secret of life. Now, brothers and sisters, the word, the word, uh, the word of God gives life. Uh, the word gives hope. The word uh, uh, will give you the knowledge of God and the knowledge of God. Uh, uh, yeah, and the knowledge of God will give you the secret of life. Some people live like they do because they have no knowledge of the Lord. And when you don't have any knowledge of God, you'll do anything. You'll end up lifeless and dead, hopeless and a dismembered skeleton. But, but, now, but now if you hear the word of the Lord, the word will give you life. Ezekiel says, Ezekiel says, as he prophesied, he heard a rumbling and a shaking in the valley. And Ezekiel looked up and the bones were coming together. 
bone to his bone. Bones running all over the, the dusty valley looking for their proper place. If I were uh, uh, Dr. Jasper Williams, I'd run down this way. The toe bone found the foot bone and the foot bone found the ankle bone and the ankle bone found the leg bone and the leg bone found the thigh bone and the thigh bone found, found, the, uh, uh, found the, uh, the, 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 the pelvis and the pelvis found the backbone and the backbone found the shoulder bone and the shoulder bone found the arm bone and the arm bone found the hands and the neck bone came up out of the spine and found the head and every bone found itself my God by God's word every dislocated joint every disconnected entity found its place nothing will ever come together in your life in your home on your job in your church in your community until you hear the word of the Lord there is no death valley that the word can't resurrect. There are no bones so dry that the word can't revive them. There's no place so crooked that the word can't straighten you out. There's no person so lost that the word can't find you. There's hope. There's direction. There's life in the word. We need to hear the word of the Lord. Then God says... Let me give them what only I can give them. Ezekiel stood knee deep in dust and dirt and saw formerly dry, dislocated, disjuncted and dislocated groups of bones organized. Sinew intact and skin now stretching over their skeletal frame. Ezekiel stood puzzled and bewildered and he, he, he had preached with all spiritual fervor and viscosity he could muster while his preaching had already produced phenomenal results. It wasn't enough. Yeah, problem is better than it used to be. But it still ain't what it ought to be. They were bones that had come together. But now... They were just a bag of bones. Lifeless, no vitality, no power, no movement. It's together, uh, but they ain't got no life. And so God said, Ezekiel, you've done all that you can do. It's my turn. Let me give them only what I can give them. Don't ever think, my brothers and sisters, that you can do it all. God still has to do his part. Uh, Dave Vincent, I remember Miss Little Lulu's at Papa Springs Church saying, uh, if you make one step, uh, God will make two. Ezekiel, not only do they need my word, but they need my spirit. And only the Lord can give his spirit. Now, 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 brothers and sisters, don't get me wrong. We need the word, but we need God's spirit to give us a sense of moral integrity. Uh, might as well do this one so I can get out of here. Education without spirit will make you an educated fool. 
Politics without God's spirit will make you Donald Trump. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be offensive. I'm so very sorry, Scott. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm very sorry. I pay you to let me just come back and, 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 and mop the bathroom. Uh, but politics without the spirit of God will make you a corrupt politician. Economics without the spirit will make you do anything for money. Church membership without the spirit makes you a hypocrite. A convention without the spirit will make you a lifeless organization. We need the word of the Lord, but we also need the Lord's spirit. Now the word can bring us together, but the spirit of God will put us on our feet. Without God's spirit, we're just a dead, lifeless bag of bones. Not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So Ezekiel laid his head on his right shoulder, lifted up his eyes uh, toward heaven and prophesied to the wind. North winds, you blow. Blow north winds, breathe upon these bones, breathe on their head and give them intellect and mind to do right and serve the Lord. South winds, you blow, breathe on these bones, shod their feet with the preparation of the gospel and they'll walk in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. Come winds from the east and from the west. Give these bones life, spiritual life, and spiritual balance. Come winds from the four corners of the universe and give us life. Now, got to be honest, there was silence. There was nothing going on. But this lifeless army of people standing in this valley. But then, there was a sound of a mighty rushing wind. The spirit moved and the bones stood up. Now, can I tell you something? I promise you, I'm on my way home. Only by the spirit can we stand up on our feet. Only by the spirit can we move in the right direction. Only by the spirit can we serve and not get tired only by the spirit can a dead folk come to life only by the spirit can our children be saved spirit of the living God fall fresh on me come Holy Spirit come sweet heavenly dove stir up these dead souls of ours now some people don't believe in the spirit uh, in our tradition we don't believe in all that that it don't take all that they say that that all that talk about the spirit is not real they say the only thing that's real is what they can input in their empty stomach or spend at the store or deposit in the bank or wear on their feet or hang on their back or park in their driveway but now the spirit is real you can't see everything that's real I can't see the spirit but the spirit woke me up this morning how do I know that I'm hungry because I feel hungry how do I know I'm thirsty because I feel thirsty how 
do I know that I'm happy? Because I feel happy. How do I know that the spirit is real? Because I feel the spirit right down in my soul. When God's word and God's spirit get together in your life, you have power. Well now, finally, that gives me a formula that God gave Ezekiel uh, that I've came tonight to give to you. Uh, listen up real good sit up to the edge of the bed get right in the living room get right where you are listen to this it says uh, the equation is the word plus the spirit equals resurrection uh, Jay Vincent I used to be slow myself uh, at Richmond Senior so I sat at the back of the class didn't hear too well uh, I tr let, let me try this again uh, the word plus the spirit equals resurrection what started out as a scattered uh, valley of dry bones in response to the word of the Lord with the spirit of the Lord now stood an exceeding great army. This was resurrection, creation in reverse. It was the opposite how man operates. Man starts out with an army. And he ends up with a valley of dry bones. But God starts out with a valley of bones. And he ends up with an army. It was a spiritual army. God wants to make an army out of us. A people who will live in obedience to his command. God wants an army out of us. That will fight against the evils of this world. That will come and stand against spiritual dryness in dark places. That will fight against evil everywhere. Fight against brokenness. Fight against disunity. Fight against problems. Fight against mess. Fight against wretchedness. Fight against gossip. God wants a salvation army. And if we could just get some of our brothers and sisters from stop playing games and take God seriously in God's word and be filled with his spirit, we would have an army. An army for the Lord. But now, my brothers and sisters, I bid you farewell. God bless you real good. We know that God is able. Yes, he is able. God can take a lad's lunch and make a banquet. God can take a little and make much. God showed Ezekiel that out of a valley of dry bones, I can create an army. God can take anything and make something out of it. My brothers and sisters, we serve a great God. We serve an awesome God. We serve what grandmama said. He's a God that you cannot hurry. He'll be there. Don't you worry. He may not come when you want him, but he's always home.
Is it anybody here that knows he'll take care of you? Is it anybody here that knows he'll bless you? I'm a witness. He'll turn you around. He'll pick you up. But I've got one more reference. We know that he can do it. Because one Friday, one Friday on Calvary's cross, one Friday on Golgotha's hill, he died, he died, he died until the moon dripped away in blood. He died until the earth rocked and reeled. He died one Friday, but early, 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 one third day, he got up with all power in his hands. God can and God will. You just got to believe it and receive it and he'll do it for you. Yes, he'll do it. Beyond your wildest dreams, beyond your imagination, God wants you to come out of a bad place, come to a place where you can be blessed. But my brothers and sisters, somebody out there, you might have been convinced or even convicted that Jesus is the way. We offer Christ tonight as a simple solution to your complex world. Come confessing, come believing, come accepting him as your personal savior. Watch him change your life. Why don't you come to any church across this city and this state? We want you to receive Jesus tonight. It's not about churches. It's about your life being better. Why don't you come tonight? I'll lean back now to Dr. Thomas and thank you for your time. God bless you. Heaven smile upon you. May the Lord bless you as you make your decision tonight to make Jesus your choice. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him, there's, there's none other. Jesus, he's the way. Why don't you come? He's waiting on you.